Welcome to the Church Basement Podcast. Today's topic is Earth Day. Grab a cup of coffee or tea, strap on your running shoes, or pick up your knitting needles or crochet hook and join us. Let us introduce ourselves. I'm Pastor Amanda Zensalo, and I serve as the pastor at Central Lutheran Church in Northeast Portland, Oregon. And I'm Dawn Miller, a member here at Central and the producer of the podcast. Okay, so we sort of picked this because Earth Day is coming, and mm-hmm. I know that there's some music planned around the Sunday service that reflects Earth Day. Yep. But why did you want to cover this? What makes this relevant to a religious podcast? Our congregation in particular is very passionate about eco-justice work and care for creation and stewardship of creation. This is something that has been a longtime passion for this congregation. And I think in a lot of ways, more and more people are becoming aware of how the climate crisis is a real thing, mm-hmm. and also that our faith has an impact on how we think about and how we talk about climate justice. So as a congregation, we have a very active group called Care for Creation, which is a part of our social justice coalition. Mm-hmm. And the social justice coalition as a whole is kind of made of all of our various groups who have various different things they're passionate about. Mm-hmm. And with Earth Day coming up, we're looking specifically this coming Sunday on how the topics of justice converge. So racial equity conversation has something to do with the climate crisis. And the climate crisis has something to do with water rights in Palestine, right? Like Mm -hmm. everything ends up intersectional. And the climate crisis is one of those pieces that I think even as much as racial injustice and gun violence is a part of our everyday conversation right now, the climate crisis is the challenge of our lifetimes. We are at the tipping point, and for the rest of our lifetimes, this will be a motivating and present danger. It's fascinating to me because I was just talking to my mother and she lives in the Midwest and she understands things like the 500 year flood and the mm-hmm. whatever. But we happen to bring up Texas and the big freeze that happened in Texas and the yeah. crisis that happened with everybody having the lack of water and electricity. And she just couldn't understand. I thought people went to Texas for the winter because it was so much warmer. I didn't realize anything like that could happen there. Right. And knowing that we've been celebrating Earth Day since I was a kid, Mm -hmm. I still can't believe that we haven't come any further on this topic. It is so disheartening in so many ways. It really can be and overwhelming. And I think that that's one of the things that I have certainly felt Mm -hmm. learning more and more about climate justice as I have been serving this congregation as someone who didn't have a strong handle on it and didn't have a great history in it. There are some amazing organizations in our area. Ecofaith Recovery is an amazing group of dedicated people of faith who look at the climate justice movement, who look at the care for creation as so integral to their faith mm-hmm. and how they live their faith in the world and make plans on how to make a difference and how to make a change, right? So this kind of an organization, this kind of a group have given many opportunities for education and heartbreak, really, on where we are 
in how we have harmed and abused the planet. But for this week, one thing that I wanted to talk about was some of the ways in which we can, I don't want to say that we can make a difference because we know that the major impacts on the climate crisis are going to come by corporations. Sure. And international policy and national policy. Yeah. My recycling of my paper is great and all. Right. But if we can get big box stores to put solar panels on their roofs, it's probably going to make a much larger impact overall. Right. And if we can find ways to disconnect ourselves from fossil fuels, right, that yeah. will, on a major way, make the kind of infrastructure changes that we need in order to really impact where we are. However, I find that if I'm not doing small pieces myself... I feel so hopeless. I lose my sense of agency and yep. I lose my sense of hope to imagine a different future, hope to imagine what could be different in order for the big changes to be able to come. And so wanted to talk about some of the little things or even big things that we can do as individuals in order to make a difference. So that's part of what we're going to talk about. I love it. When we moved here in 99, coming from the Midwest, I think the two biggest things that we noticed were the fact that in April, everything in the Pacific Northwest was all the shades of green <laughs> in a way that everything back in the Midwest was still all the shades of brown. Mm. That was a big hit in terms of just visually what's different out here. And that changed how we looked at things, for one. The other thing that we noticed is when you go out and you drive around in the Pacific Northwest and you see clear cut, that is a huge, obvious visual reminder of what we are doing to this earth in a way that you don't really get when you mm -hmm. live in the Midwest. And it's interesting having lived here specifically how these things have changed the way I view the earth that I live on. Totally. So where would you like to start? What kind of things have you done as an individual that you think are making an impact or at least helping you feel like you're making an impact? It's the helping me feel like I'm making an impact or even if it's just about living more mindfully. Sure. And I think for me that that's part of it is a recognition that I may not be making an impact, <laughs> but at least I'm living more mindfully about it. Sure. And I'm trying to find ways to make some changes. So... We know about recycling and recycling in our city bins. Yep. The one thing that folks should keep in mind is the term that I heard recently was wish cycling. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Where you put in the pizza box, even though you think you probably shouldn't put in the pizza box, but you're going to put the pizza box in the recycling. Yeah, and don't hope. put and hope. And instead you gum up the machines, right? It's just bad. Yeah. Well, part so, of the thing that I love about this particular community is the compost bins. Mm. And when the city went to a citywide composting system, which I do believe you can put your pizza box in, it opened up a lot more possibilities. That's cool. So yeah. I'm not in Multnomah County, so I don't have the composting. Yeah, it's pretty good. That's nice. Right? Suddenly, and I'm not even a meat eater anymore, but at the beginning when I was, the throwing out of the bones and the mm -hmm. egg yolks and everything else, I felt terrible about it. And now I would not have to. <laughs> there we go. Right? It makes a difference. Mm -hmm. 
On the topic of recycling, there is in the Seattle area and here in the Portland metro area, there's a new company called Ridwell. I'm familiar. They are kind of a new seeing how it works system that partners with local recycling companies, such as here in the Portland area, Agilix is a company that takes styrofoam. Free Geek is an amazing organization here in Portland that takes electronics. Yep. And Ridwell partners with these kinds of organizations to come to your home and for a monthly fee, like your garbage collection, will pick up these kinds of items. They'll pick up batteries. I'm so excited about that. Yeah. The dead charged batteries. They'll pick up light bulbs. Mm -hmm. They'll pick up plastic film. That is a game changer for many people. Right? It's huge. It's kind of like a reverse milkman, right? Instead of leaving stuff for you, they take things from you. Yeah. Like every two weeks. Mm -hmm. Yeah. They come and they pick these things up and used threads. So like clothing, even if it's no longer completely wearable or you're missing a partner of a sock. So they will come and pick these things up and then they do like rotating categories. So categories coming up, one of them is small electronics, like old cell phones and e-readers and tablets. Mm -hmm. To have a place to just leave them in a bag and leave them on your front porch and have someone come and pick them up and take them away. It's so exciting. It's huge. Yeah. I'm really excited about the batteries. I mean, the church has had a Ziploc bag, like a gallon sized Ziploc bag of used batteries. We are lucky enough to be near an Ikea in Portland, and that is where I had taken a lot of my recyclables. But since I haven't been shopping since the pandemic, I Mm -hmm. do have many, many baggies labeled dead batteries. Oh, it's awful. So I'm thrilled and very excited about the dead battery bag. Nice. Now, you also, I am deeply, deeply jealous of, (laughs) recent buyer of solar panels for your house, correct? Yeah. So one of the things that when my spouse and I were looking at buying a home last year, the house that we are now in, when we looked at it, it's not connected at all to natural gas. Okay. It's plumbed in the neighborhood, but it's not plumbed into this house, into this property. So everything on this property is 100% electric, which means our electric bill is a delightful challenge. Mm -hmm. And what I said to my partner was, look, I will release my desire and need to have a gas stove. That's big. Which is a huge thing. Mm -hmm. If we will consider solar panels and find out more information about them because there are no trees on this piece of land Mm -hmm. and the roofs that we have are a gentle slope. And so I said, if we can consider solar panels, I'm willing to look at this 100% electric house because then... Maybe we can offset. We can put our privilege of home ownership to work for the whole community. Sure. And so this year, we knew that we needed a new roof. That was the other thing that we were going to have to do. Many homeowners end up needing to do a new roof either right before you sell the house Mm -hmm. or right after you've bought a house. Well, we needed to do it in this first year. So we started looking at roofs and we started getting people in the neighborhood soliciting about solar panels. Sure. And Energy Trust of Oregon is running some really amazing, incredible programs right now. 
And so I went to Energy Trust of Oregon, did the research. We got several different bids. We got a recommendation from a friend of someone to contact. Energy Solutions is who we have gone through. And they were fantastic. We were able to take advantage of Energy Trust of Oregon's offset. Mm -hmm. So they give a certain amount towards your project. Right now in 2021, there is still a federal tax credit program of 26%. So whatever you spend, 26% that you invest into solar panels will come back to you as a federal tax credit. Nice. The following year. That amount is going to go down starting in 2022. Okay. And what I learned today, because our person came today after the panels were switched on and gave us our owner's manual and all of those pieces and told us how to tell if we're putting energy back onto the grid or just pulling it or how it's going to work. He shared that Energy Trust is really trying to make it reasonable and possible for people to get solar panels. Mm -hmm. And so it depends upon how many are in your household, your family size, and your income amount. And the grants that you can get off, there can be tens of thousands of dollars that Energy Trust will invest in order to put solar on your home. Mm -hmm. And that's amazing. That's super exciting. So for a family of four, it's still possible to be able to put solar on the home, mm -hmm. even if you're not making tons and tons of money. So this is a great year for it. It's a great year to ask the question it's a great year to find someone to figure out whether or not your home qualifies. There's a like a Google thing where you can go on and you can check the potential for solar in your home. Like it uses Google Maps sure. and tells you whether or not you have good sun exposure for how much energy you might get out of your home. It's pretty cool, actually. It's amazing. We have looked into it, and I'm sad to say that my house is perfectly oriented for terrible solar panel <laughs> exposure, <laughs> which is heartbreaking for all of us in this house. Yeah. So what we looked at were other things we could do, and one thing we decided we definitely wanted to do is rain barrels. Yes. My husband has gotten into gardening in this last year of the pandemic, having worked from home and worked in the part of the house that basically looks the yard over. So it's a one step out the door for him to sort of water any garden he has put in. And That's it's awesome. been amazing. And we got two rain barrels. We have one in and the other one will go in this weekend. And it's been fascinating watching that whole process go. And it's amazing how much you can really capture in those suckers. They don't take long to fill up. No. And it's not like we don't have an abundance of rain. Exactly. Well, and even during the drier months, the other thing that we do is we have giant buckets that we sit in the shower upstairs. So when oh. the water is heating up, we fill up the bucket and now we have a rain barrel to dump that bucket into every day. That's so clever. It's pretty wonderful. For such a silly little thing, I love a nice hot shower, but I hate mm -hmm. the wasted water waiting for that nice hot water. Mm-hmm. This makes me feel far less guilty about everything. That makes so much sense. The last house that we lived in, the property that we were at, the shower was small enough that it actually had a, like, a shower head that you use in an RV. Mm -hmm. And with RVs, <laughs> oh, no. you, you want to save as much water as possible, right? Because mm -hmm. you're carrying it. So they have the off and on thing on the handheld shower. 
But I'm telling you, especially in a small shower, that is the best thing ever for knowing that you are saving water. Yeah. And it doesn't change the temperature. It's not like you're turning the shower off and on and you're going to get the freezing cold every time you turn it back on, right? Mm -hmm. You're just clicking the little off and on on the actual shower head. And that can save a ton. Yeah. And again, it's not going to save the world, but being more mindful about these things. Yeah. It's not a bad thing. It helps our orientation. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. We're going to keep this one short and I'm going to ask you my last question. All right. Do you celebrate Earth Day? Is it something that's been on your radar in the past? Do you like go out and volunteer and clean up the beaches or anything like that? It's a great question. I don't know that I have specifically done anything on that particular day. I think that it has been just a growing recognition. Many of the folks that I know who are eco-climate folks say Earth Day is every day. Sure. And so any way that I can make a different decision in a day, if I can find my way to let go of another plastic, right? If I can use the unpaper towels that my sister made me instead of using paper towels, if I can order bamboo toilet paper instead of wood pulp, right? Like anything that we can do, each tiny little decision. Oh man, shampoo bars have changed my world because the packaging that lots of cosmetics come in drives me crazy. Yes, right? All these little bits and pieces of plastic, all of these containers and pieces, any way to find a way towards a less plastic-based existence I think that that's become almost the daily practice of recognizing the importance of the care for creation and stewardship of creation and finding ways to hold on to things or reuse or get them to a new place rather than just throwing things out. That I think is my participation in that Mm -hmm. recognition more than, you know, signing up to go out particularly on that day. Mm -hmm. Probably mostly because it's in mid-April and the allergens. Allergy season is harsh. It's wicked. And yeah, so, but if you wanted an obvious reminder of just how much we are messing with the earth, the fact that allergy season gets more and more wicked every year is yeah. a stark reminder each and every day you walk outside. It's breathtaking. It really even. is. Well, thank you, Pastor Amanda, for taking the time to help us learn a little more about Earth Day. I look forward to sitting down with you another week on another topic. As do I. And thank you all for joining us. If you have something in mind that you are making a pledge to help our Earth to work towards climate justice for our world and to help offset this climate crisis that is coming our way, I encourage you to check out Earth Day Oregon on Instagram and other places. And to let us know, feel free to find us on Facebook or email us. We'd love to hear from you. Until we are back in your ears again, remember, God loves you no matter what.